0: The badlands on my stomping grounds, the little Missouri's spread. There'll never be another place I'll ever rest my head. Cause I come from North Dakota. And bigger, better country you can't find. Welcome to the Film North Dakota Podcast, brought to you by the North Dakota Film and Media Association. I'm your host, Matt Fern, a filmmaker in Bismarck, North Dakota. Today's guest is Jonah Lanto. Jonah is the owner and creative director of the Good Talk Network, a media company in Minot, North Dakota. The Good Talk Network produces video podcasts, commercials, comedy skits, and even a late night talk show, and has a growing and dedicated audience across the country. Jonah, thanks so much for talking to me today.
1: It's awesome to be here, Matt. Thanks for the invitation, and I really appreciate what you're doing in North Dakota to shine a spotlight on the creative people here.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, thank you for your time. First, can you tell me a little bit about your background in media?
1: I don't have a background in media. Realistically. I, I spent, I, I went to college for about a year and a half after high school. Um, and I did pursue some media, but that was literally half a lifetime ago. Uh, a lot of what I, I learned there doesn't necessarily have the same applications today, um, 20 years later. And I didn't, I didn't make it very far in school. I wasn't really ready at that time. So prior to starting the Good Talk Network, I had managed quite a few different businesses. I had bartended. I had worked in various uh, sales and customer service jobs throughout my life.
0: That's really interesting here. I wouldn't have thought um, you don't have that background. So must have been a, a big learning curve. Absolutely, yeah, we, we, f- we fumbled pretty heavily through that first episode. <laughs> when and why did you start the Good Top Network? How did it all get started?
1: Our first episode debuted um, November 16th of 2016. And really, there's a, there's a few reasons why I started it. I was heavily inspired by some of the long form conversation interview-based podcasts that were uh, really popular at that time and are still growing in popularity today. Primarily Joe Rogan. I, I can easily say he was a key inspiration in why I wanted to have a podcast. But uh, there, there was just a lot of national narratives of people who want to tell you how to think. And in, 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 my, in my opinion, a lot of stupid people get on stage with a lot of very remarkable people and are allowed to say some really dumb things. And I had a few trigger moments in 2016 that, that I, I, I said, you know what? I know I'm not the smartest, smartest guy in the room, but I, I know how to have really deep, complex, and interesting conversations. And I have access to enough people out there that I can, I can make these conversations happen. And we can have a contextualized discussion on oftentimes difficult or even very thoughtful uh, topics and through these conversations we could share new perspectives and potentially plant a seed of a new idea or a different way of thinking in somebody else's mind allow them to take the information in the conversation that we had disseminate it for themselves think for themselves and and again grow their bubble of perspective and that, that was really what was at the heart of why we began the good talk network
0: well it's really impressive to see how it's grown here um, you're you're talking to me now from your the Good Talk Network studio. Um, what type of equipment do you work with most regularly, and where is your studio?
1: It has changed quite a bit over the years. When we first started, it was it was an audio only, pre recorded, then released podcast. Hell, we didn't even have an intro built into our first handful of episodes. It just fired up, and it's two guys talking. Um, I, I use a um, BCD one broadcast dynamic microphone along with a Behringer soundboard and. Uh, a headphone, a Rolls headphone amplifier. In the beginning, I would hard record all of my episodes to a digital recorder that was plugged into my soundboard, so I always knew that in the end I got that direct board quality audio. It was very important to have good audio in the beginning because that—that's what you're catching people with, right? If the audio stinks, nobody wants to tune into that. Um, as we leveled up, uh, I got a Logitech USB camera. Um, then that's when we became video and audio and then I moved on to Amiibo with the Amiibo camera. I used that in conjunction with an adapter and my, and my, um, and my board and I ran that off my iPad. So when we were doing the shows, I would have a couple of people in my basement studio. The Mevo camera was really cool because it, it, it could take so many different angles. People actually thought I, I had upgraded to a multi-camera setup, and really it's just this fancy Mevo camera. So I used that for a long time, and when we were producing the shows, I'm essentially doing, I was doing the job of a couple of people, right? I'm booking the guests, I'm running the camera, I'm checking the audio levels, and I'm hosting the show all at the same time. Um, From the Mevo, when we started to get the big ideas of where we could move into the studio, then we, we moved into the studio and now we have a PTZ camera with its own controller. Essentially, it's a remote control camera. We use a GoPro and a Mevo. So we've got a three camera setup and we're still using the BCD broadcast dynamic microphones. Uh, right now, we are using a version of live stream when we do our live streams or uh, sometimes I produce it right off my computer like where we are now on the conversation where we can see each other and I'm using a Logitech HD 1080p um, USB camera along with a Yeti microphone. And we use StreamYard right now too. Sometimes if we're doing remote interviews and stuff, we're rebroadcasting
0: using StreamYard. Thank you for that breakdown. That's, that's super helpful. You know, you see this stuff on... Uh, and online and it just feels so intangible and stuff. And so it's, it's helpful to have those breakdowns and um, your stuff does look really good. How, you, you have multiple programs that you produce. How many podcasts do you produce regularly? Our, our goal was always to, to be able to release three to five episodes weekly
1: that that goal took a little bit of a hit during the pandemic as we pivoted. So we have the general good talk, right? So a pod, that's my interview based podcast where it'll be me Joan Lento as your host, along with a guest. And, and really, our, our topic is whatever the guest is bringing to the table for example last week we had uh, author CJ Wynn on the show and she's a true crime author really really cool cool episode um, powerful stuff and, and beyond that the good talk network the idea was that this this is not a podcast about one thing we've done we've done a really uh, a really well received football show we we produced the game of thrones cast during game of thrones that was extremely popular um we we were we were amongst the it's hard to say exact data, but i i've i've from what i've I've learned about how podcasts function and where you get ranked based upon your downloads uh I know for sure that what we put out through the Good Talk network were in the top twenty percent of podcasts downloaded in the United States, and our Game of Thrones cast was probably in the top. 10 uh, most listened to Game of Thrones podcast at that time. So it's really cool stuff to be able to be timely and to get into stuff that you love and are passionate about. So we did that. Uh, currently, the active shows that we do is good, the Good Talk, Good Talk, My Not, Ed Heads, which is a show hosted by Dr. Dan Kahn and um, Chelsea Holtz. And that's an education-focused podcast that's now in its second season. Really fantastic people. After the First Glass is a a topical wine drinking, um, all about life and and music and things we love podcast co-hosted by Don Palumbo and Eric Hansen. And we are working on a new show called Myth America, which will really be kind of a study of some of Amer- some of Americans, America's greatest myths and aspects of history. I'll be working on that in conjunction with Dr. Seanan Tangney, who's also a writer and recorder here at The Good Talk. And then Seanan also does a series of essays. We usually put out one a quarter. They're mementos uh, talking about grief and life and, and, and beer and success. Um, so the, the idea was that we, we, we're a network, right? It's not one thing it's a network of ideas and concepts and i've tried to remain really open to people who have an idea and want to put out a show and that we can help produce for them
0: it's very impressive just the whole network of it i mean you are creating a network um like barstool sports and uh and uh, anchors doing and and those numbers to be in the top 10 percent, top 20 percent um i just read that uh over 100 million americans listen to a podcast a month um, so the audience is there and growing. And to break into those top tiers are are really impressive. Moving away from the podcast just a little bit, you also did the Goodnight Minot, um, which is a late-night talk show. Um, how did that come about, and what did you learn from that production? I, I assume it's a lot bigger scale um, than just a couple conversations.
1: Yeah, so I'll address first how Goodnight Minot came about. Number one, it came it came from not... From, never, from trying to not say no when somebody invites you to be a part of the thing, right? I, I, and something as I've gone to universities and um, had students come into the studio and speak, in, speak to the youth, right? To 17-year-olds or even, even young college students. I've, I, I speak in a lot of classes at the university. I've got a great relationship with Minas State University. And one thing I always tell everybody is say yes to as many things as you possibly can. Even if it sounds like it sucks or you, you think that it's not for you or that's not something, quote, you do, just say yes, go go to one meeting, go to two, have a coffee with that person that you don't know. And really that's, that's where I met a guy by the name of Jake Throutkill. Um, I, I said yes to joining a networking group here in Minot, North Dakota. It was then called master networks and we don't have a, I don't, I don't know if we have a Minot chapter anymore, but we did at the time. And I got to tell you going into that, I thought networking groups were stupid. This was, I, I was probably very just arrogant to the idea, a real, like, well, I can, I can do it myself. And if I can't, I'll, I'll, I'll figure out who can, and I don't need this. And that was so wrong, so terribly wrong. So I met Jake Thraukil through that. As the good talk developed and we had gotten into our studio in April of 2019, Jake Thraukil, a guy that I had met through master networks that we had kind of became buddies and and kept in touch over, over time, even after master networks dissolved, he called me up and he said, look, I've got some ideas. I want to have a, I want to have a coffee. Let me run this stuff by you. And we, we met and he tells me, he's like, look, I had a I I wanted to quit my day job and a buddy of mine told me, well, you'd make a great late night talk show host. Why don't you just stop stop doing what you do and do that? And he's like, sure, I'll just call up Colbert or Seth Myers and tell him, Hey, get out of the way. Jake is coming in. But he said, he said, look, everything that you've done with the good talk, it seems like you have the connections and wherewithal to help me make this happen. And we got to talking and at that time, the scale of the idea was too big for where I was at. It it predated, I guess it it predated us opening the studio um, by maybe a year, right around a year. And so this is phenomenal, but we, we need, this has to be live. You need a camera crew. You need cameras. You need somebody that's going to record it. You need to capture audio. You, you, you need a, a screen and a stage. And I said, look, these are, and I'm not saying, and I said, I'm not saying no, these are all the things that have to be possible in order for us to, 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 to make that happen. And I said, right, frankly, I want to do this and I would like to be part of it. And if you figure it out, man, give me a call because I'll I'll be there. And um, flash forward to a year, we go through some, some really cool developments in the, in the good talk. We did a a major creative whiteboard session to envision where we can take the good talk from out of my basement into these next levels. We got into the studio, got comfortable in the new studio. And uh, I, I through an old friendship with Adam Dias of Dias Media the production of the good talk had gone to like a really a whole new level he's a really talented creative guy and has been a big part of how we've leveled up here probably somebody that you should have on this podcast Matt uh, to be frank to be quite frank with you um, so we were in a good spot and we were looking to do more i knew i needed to do more i wanted the business to make more money and i wanted to to branch off into some of these other creative um, Avenues, and I had been following a podcast, The Dollop, and they do like live podcasts, and and I I was like, wow, I want to do some live podcasts, live studio audience. Anyways, I call up Jake and I said, hey, I think we're ready to bring we're ready to bring this idea to life, and and he, since I had already 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 had the Good Talk Network, we knew, hey, this will be easy. We'll call it Good Night Minot. And I had developed other relationships, other friendships that, again, made me confident that we could do the show writers, because that's the biggest thing. If you're going to do this, beyond all those other technical aspects I mentioned, man, you need some really talented writers. You need a group of people who are willing and able to do it on essentially a volunteer level, because this is just an idea right now. We don't know what we have. We don't know what we can achieve, but it sounds pretty awesome. I pulled together a team of writers comprised of Dr. Sean Antangney, a good friend of mine, Terry Efforts, an old friend of mine, Mike Annis, Adam D- Myself and people in the studio call up Jake. I said, "All right, I think we can do this." We we set up a pitch, and and, and our goal from the start we, we are not reinventing the wheel. We are taking what is a late night show. We're giving it a regional, local spin, and we're giving you exactly that from monologue to musical guests to you know quote celebrity guest comedic skits, you name it. And and that's, that's our package. We pitched it to the mouse River players board because we wanted to use their venue and, and needed a good spot. They, they took on to the idea and we started writing the show and we threw ideas around, we put skits in, you know, we put skits into it and it really, I was never more nervous in my entire life than in the very moment before Goodnight Minot, the the first show. I. I was so scared it, it putting, putting your name out there like this. And it was, it was a sold out show. And what if it sucks? What if something goes wrong? What if nobody laughs? That's it. That's your name. That's your reputation. And there was a beautiful coincidence. I didn't become aware of until the day after that show. When my sister pointed it out to me that sold out Goodnight night, my night show. And it went off mostly without a hitch, amazing show, it was huge. It was a huge success and, and a very big moment for the creative team and everybody that had worked hard to make it happen. But I found out the very next day that sold out show happened three years to the day the Good Talk debuted as a podcast. And that was like mind blowing. How serendipitous is that? I just like what are the odds? That wasn't planned. Um, and, and so we, we've carried forward from there and Good Night Minor is still rolling and we, we've got our next show coming up at Oak Park on July 12th. We're planning, and as of yet, I guess I can, I can drop it here in this because I know we're not going to be out until July 24th. But our, we have a big-time show that currently, as we have this conversation, hasn't been announced yet. But it's coming up August, Saturday, August 29th in downtown Minot in the Ackerman's Alley, a big outdoor venue. And we are going to roast Sean Sitma. So at goodnight, and that'll be where we also, we, we have transitioned at this point from Goodnight Minot to Goodnight Live. So uh, it's still gonna have that local regional feel, but Goodnight Live for us represents a, the broader aspects of the potential for this endeavor. And, and yeah, so Saturday, August 29th, downtown Minot, it's going to be exceptional. And we are roasting Sean Sitma.
0: That's incredible here. Um, and for those who don't know, Sean is the mayor of Minot, so uh, that's a good target for you to have there.
1: And also an award-winning journalist. He's a pretty big deal in terms of a Minot personality and Minot person. Um, yeah, and, and currently the mayor of the city.
0: <laughs> Looking at that journey from where you started to um, that uh Good night, uh, Minot, which I saw and the production values there. Um, all that work you guys put in behind the scenes is on the screen. All the writing, all those segments, the flow, um, live music. Really, really impressed. And one of the main reasons why I have you on the podcast was was that production. So I'm very happy to hear that it's continuing and growing. And I like how you guys are rebranding it um, even bigger than Minot. That's really smart. What advice would you give others wanting to to get into this podcast world. Uh I'm sure it's not easy. What advice would you give someone trying to follow your footsteps?
1: It it really isn't easy and first and foremost probably don't do it for the money. Um that's an easy one because it it it's it's not it's just it's it takes a it takes a while before you're able to allow a podcast to monetize you, right? I think a good position to be in if you're going to start a podcast is that you're already running some form of successful business or have some sort of pre-existing social presence. Um don't quit your day job for this. Allow this, maybe, maybe it becomes your day job, right? Or maybe you can develop a podcast that that Parallels and functions really well with a personal business or endeavor, right? So started for the right reasons and The other thing is in spite of everything I've said here that worked well for me. There are many right ways to do it There are what I use for equipment and, and how I got there is not the same as the next person is not the same as the next Person and there are many different successful ways to do it. What I, what I will say depending on what you're trying to do uh, have a plan Have, 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 have an idea of, of sort of what you want your podcast to be. It doesn't have to necessarily be exact, but have an outline, have an outline, have a plan, know what your, some of your questions are going to be, know what your conversation pieces are and depending on, on what your topic or what your content is going to be, do the research. Um, and I, I, I shudder to use the word research anymore because somebody watches a YouTube video and and becomes an expert on something these days. Right. But, but I mean, if if you're talking about a movie, watch the movie, read what other people have said about it. Or if you're going to talk sports, just make sure you know what you're talking about. Um, it's good to have fun, organic conversations and stuff, but have, have a plan. And then the, the other one, and maybe, maybe even the most important is be consistent. If you say you're going to do a podcast and you want to have a podcast, Um, know that that if you're sporadic, people will lose interest. So you you do want to be able to say, okay, my I want to make a a new show every other week, or whatever your frequency level is going to be, identify your frequency that you're going to do your show and stick to it. And if that means that you've got to pre record a couple so that you know that you always have a few in the bank, that's what we used to do here uh, at the good talk, we would record three or four episodes at a time so that we always knew we had a couple episodes in the bank that we could release if something happened and we weren't able to record and those to me are are the keys and and, and beyond the podcast we, we we were just always open to ideas open to growth and and some of these things that happened were just very organic i didn't i didn't start the good talk and say boy i'm gonna make a, a, a late night comedy show here in three years. I didn't start the good talk and think that wow, I'm, I'm going to start writing short comedic skits and and I, I, I didn't know that And it happened. And I I guess I knew individually that I had the talent as a writer and I knew that I had some funny friends. I didn't know that we could come together and and literally write monologue jokes, which none of us had ever done. And and I I figured we'd get the dialogue part right. But writing, writing is a big part of it, too. So there's it's a lot. It's a lot to unpack there. But that's kind of in a nutshell, Matt some of the keys that have worked for me. And, and and again, what works for the next guy or girl might not be the same thing.
0: Yeah. Well, that's all really great advice. Um, I, I 100% agree with everything you said. I think that is some, some of the best advice moving into podcasts. The first thing you said, I, I do want to touch on, we don't have to get into specifics um, was don't get it in for the money. Can you just kind of let us know how, how the whole production is funded? Because I'm sure that's a whole nother business that they never teach in film school is the no. money side of it. And it is probably a majority of your time and it enables everything. So
1: they don't. And, and this this the sales is the most uh, maybe unfortunate part of the job. Right. The, the, the fun part of the job is having the conversations. It's not. And that's the other thing, too, is don't forget the production aspect of this. Right. Beyond just trying to monetize or earn money doing it. Um, the production is. Mixing your podcast down and adding an intro, adding an outro, write writing the synopsis. That's not the fun part of it. It just isn't, and that's but that's a necessary part of the job. Uh, as far as how we weren't making any money for the first year, and I didn't intend on it. Right, I, I always said, well, this this will be a really cool hobby, and I, I said perhaps so there's gotta be a way we can make some money off this. Perhaps there's a way to make money, and. As we progress and got better, so there's a few different revenue sources that 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 I've developed, um, and that's having people who want to develop their own podcast. They've come come in, hired me to mix their audio, hired hired us to to use our studio time, um, and this is these are this these have all changed over time, right? What what I, how I was able to to monetize when I was in the basement versus how I'm able to monetize in the studio with a partner like Adam Dias, way different. In the, in the beginning the podcast took off i had a lot of the um national affiliate sponsors we did blue apron we did audible uh we had an amazon affiliate link and if you get some of these things built into your platform, right, especially the Amazon affiliate link is super helpful because then it allows your friends and family to support you in a, in a way that that isn't directly taking money out of their pocket and handing it to you. If you, if you have friends and family that are going to shop on Amazon and they're willing to, to sort of train themselves to go through your Amazon portal, much of what they're buying, you're going to get a kickback on. So those were, those were in the beginning, some of the, direct ways. And I know there's, there's all kinds of different, there's a lot more now than there were three, even three years ago. Uh, having again, I'm a big dollop listener, huge fan of the dollop history, uh, history-based podcast. They've got like seven things they promote, you know, from Squarespace to, to, uh, socks and underwear, me undies and you name it. There's all these different affiliates that are, it's essentially attached to your ability to, to, to promote them and for people to use your code. So that was, that was a very early source of some money trickling in to what we were doing, along with me doing audio mixes for other people. And and then as we built the local show, Good Talk Minot, and we were really doing a great service to our community and recognizing community figures and, and localizing our focus That was a key turning point because that that allowed me to tap into some local sponsors. And then we started getting people who who would locally sponsor to have a call out during the show and to have their graphics on during the show. And and that became a really key function of how we did it. Um, I have also been hired to do... Speaking gigs and live broadcasts, and now as we get into the studio, now we do commercials. Now we have merchandise. We've got a new website coming. We've got ticket sales through um, Good Night Live, and and again by and it, and it's all very small stepping stones. It's all very incremental. Uh, I I am very much getting by with what I do, and the the value and the economic freedom is is more than the payday but hopefully as we progress and we stay the course and we stay humble and we we continue to work and be creative these these things will 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 unfold naturally um i I, my 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 hope goal and dream is to keep kicking ass and the money will come if you keep doing what you're doing and and you you stay again stay the course and stay good at what you do and consistent then the money will come and I, there, there are so many people. I turned 39 this year, so I'll be 40, obviously 40 in 2021. And I find inspiration in the number of people who became really successful post-40. We look at from actors to entrepreneurs, uh, musicians. There, there are numerous examples of, of people just like me who found their path in life and then hit that that financial success that big financial boon in their 40s and i believe that's the course i'm on
0: i I agree with you there and uh i think this pandemic showed even playing field on entertainment and content and so uh it's coming and that's great advice of how you diversify it's not one traditional source it's all sources and potential future sources who's to say you know they used to burn old films thinking no one not even knowing tv was coming
1: we've got we've got some big ideas in the in the works matt we've got we we are we want to make a strong push to get on a streaming service we're we're looking at we're looking at hulu amazon apple netflix hbo max uh, we've got a talented group of writers and filmmakers and we're working on, uh, on a sitcom pitch. So it's, things are happening, man.
0: Yeah. Well, and, uh, uh Spotify with Joe Rogan is now adding video.
1: Yes. Right. They're looking to get it. That's a big deal.
0: You can jump on board with your, your hero there, uh, to wrap everything up, you know, like we just said, you could be producing this content anywhere. Um, what do you like about making media in North Dakota?
1: I think it really gives an opportunity to put a light on the people of North Dakota. We're, we're such a small, small place, right? Big land, but what do we got? 700,000 people. And there are just, there's so many powerful interesting stories and and people who are on these these amazing creative endeavors and people who are nonprofit leaders that that really I didn't really know squat about the nonprofit community until I started the good talk and I I had no idea the difference the nonprofit sector made in communities across the country so uh, what I like about working in North Dakota r- really is is Putting a light on a lot of these things, and, and much as you're working again to do here with with this podcast and and share the media makers of North Dakota, I feel that, and and I interview people from across the country. Don't get me wrong, but I feel that I've I've been able to to shine a light on some really awesome and amazing people that are making a difference in the world around them right here in North Dakota. And those people are everywhere. And I'm, I'm I guess I'm glad to be able to to share the, the North Dakota aspect of that here.
0: Well, North Dakota is lucky to have you and the Good Tot Network here. Where can people uh, learn more and connect with uh, you online?
1: One of the easiest places to find us is, is really on our Facebook page. That's kind of been the hub of what we do. It's facebook.com forward slash the good talk network. You can also catch our website, which it will, will now be a major hub of a lot of the cool things that we're doing. And, and right now, as we have this conversation, our website's going through a big overhaul and there'll be a lot of new features and some of our uh, creative talent, and, and some of our show hosts are going to have blog features on the new website. So like Chelsea and Dan, uh, the host of the Edheads, for example, will have a new blog on there. And Dr. Sean Antangney, who is a great friend and talent here at the Good Talk Network, will also. So that, that's just simply goodtalknetwork.com. And you can pretty much find us wherever podcasts can be downloaded. It's the Good Talk Network, Joan Alanto. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud, really uh, all the good spots where one wants to access podcasts.
0: Well, podcasts are only getting bigger and bigger every year. And uh, it's really inspiring to see uh, your company keep getting bigger and bigger. And And really, um, the sky's the limit. You know, HBO, Pilot Pitch, it doesn't get any higher than that. And so it's very inspiring. Um, you, guys are, you guys are doing that and I look forward to seeing it all. Uh, thank you so much, Jonah, uh, for being on the podcast. And I uh, can't wait to see what else you come up with.
1: Thanks a lot for having me, Matt. Thanks for all that you're doing in North Dakota to shine a light on those of us making a difference out here.
0: Thanks for listening to the Film North Dakota podcast, brought to you by the North Dakota Film and Media Association. If you want to learn more or connect with other filmmakers in North Dakota, check us out online at filmnd.org. I'm Matt Fern. Thanks for tuning in and keep making movies in North Dakota. Where the sun shines
1: brighter and the country is wider than the moon.